Hey guys, it's time for announcements. I know you're pumped. This is your favorite part of church, is to come in a few minutes early and listen to the announcement video. So here it is, the big moment, announcement time. Hey, guys, listen. Uh, Fall Festival isn't happening this year again, very sadly, but we are still doing a candy drive. We're going to take the food truck out to Eden Pines uh, on the 31st, and we'd like to give away candy, so we could really use your help bringing in candy for that event. So just bring it in whenever. And, you know, uh, Twix are my favorite. Uh, Snickers, M&M's, you, you know, you got the, the fruity candies. Uh, bring them all in. You know, we're, we're going to give the kids candy at that time. And, you know, I'm sure Pastor Fran will have some iced coffee out there, too. That would be pretty cool. So anyway, bring in candy. You really need it. Upcoming events. Monday night coming up here on the 11th. Uh, there's a new women's Bible study starting here at the church in person. Uh, there's a men's group going on. I think they're relaunching again. So uh, that's Monday at 6.30. Definitely check that out if you're interested. Later in the month, on the 27th, we're doing another worship night. I'll have the, the chord charts and we'll get to worship together. Bring an instrument, sing along, uh, just come and worship. But it's going to be a great night. That's October 27th here at the church, 6.30. Any other important announcements going on here at church? Anything? No? Well, we're excited to see you. Keep downloading the app. Uh, it's a really great app. Lots of good content on there. And the events, fill-in notes, all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get ready for church. Right. Good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop in here. Back into worship. It was great at 8, so it's going to be even better now that you are here. And then I'll be in the fourth part of this series already. Uh, are you talking to me? Uh, we'll be in John chapter 4. So you want to get your Bibles and get ready? Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see your faces. It sure is. My favorite part of the week. Mine too. What? I was being very supportive there. <laughs> it, it's like Thank a you, game Henry. we like to Thank play. You, Henry. Yes. <laughs> Who can crack first? Who can crack? It's usually uh, not me. That's okay. <laughs> We're looking forward to spending time with you guys. Again, I'm so glad you're here. I'm going to tell you what we will be attempting to do in the case that you did not know. We're going to start things off with communion, and Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a minute. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We've had a really good time last night and at 8 o'clock, so we're really looking forward to spending that time with you. After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and teach the kids a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their different Sunday school classes. And as note, if your kids are in fourth or fifth grade, we're opening up the fourth and fifth grade room, the Jonah room, which is at the end, long end of this upstairs hallway. So we'll be helping the kids get up there, but just so you know, yes. And once the kids are off and away, then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. Before we do any of that, let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Papa, we ask you to fall afresh on us. We want to know you in new ways, God. Thank you for all that you're already doing in our hearts and our lives. And we invite your presence deeper. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this college. 
Lord God, without your help, we are not able to live lives that please you. Mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things guide and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together, and I would encourage us all to sing out and to participate in this time. If you're joining us online, please do the same. Sing out in your living room. Chat hallelujah. If you're here in the room now, I can hear you guys join us, and we're always so encouraged when you sing these songs with us. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. He turns graves into gardens.
thank you for all that you are, for all that you've done in our lives and all that you're going to do, God. You are so good. You are so awesome. We love you and we worship you, God. And we are so, so thankful for your presence here today. And as we're here in your presence, God, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. God, use those words to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd anoint those working with our children at this service in 11. God, give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. Hi, Eliana. Hey, cool. So cool. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah? Hello, sir. How are you? No, you're not. You're just in time. So cool. All right, guys, so we have been talking about the most important book, right? I've been saying that to you guys in the whole entire world. Does everybody know what the most important book? Yes, Judah. The Very good, Judah. Yes, the Bible, right? And the Bible is God's word to us. And there are stories in the Bible, and all of the stories are true, right, Mila? Cool. And today we are going to learn from a story in the book of Genesis, right? And I think most of you are familiar with this story. Let's see if, if, as I'm telling you this, you get to figure out what I'm talking about. Okay? All right. So, Adam and Eve had kids, right? And then their kids had kids. So, they started to populate the earth. That means this people were started to grow, right? But guess what? The sin of Adam and Eve kept growing, right? The sin that they committed kept be passing on from one generation to the other. And it got so bad that God saw that a lot of people were doing things that were really hurtful to one another and that even their thoughts were bad. So God was so sad and God decided to have a flood, right? To flood the whole entire earth. Did you know that, Cole? Do you remember that story? Cool. Good job, Ava. Yes. So then he, but he found Noah, and Noah loved God. And God told Noah that he would save them, right? He told Noah to build a, what did he tell him to build? Judah. Very good, an ark, right? He told him to build an ark and then to gather the animals and come there, right? <laughs> and when the time came, when, they, when, when Noah finished building the ark, then the animals came, right? And his family came in and God shut the door. And then guess what happened? I know. The people tried to climb up because they wanted to climb. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what okay, well, I was looking for rain. What do you think? Yeah, it started to rain, right? It started to rain a lot, right? And then it flooded everything. Yeah. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it rained. And then it stopped. And then God said, come out, guys. You can come out now, right? And they came out. And Noah was so happy. He gave a thanks offering to God for saving them. And then God told them, continue to spread all over the earth, right? And he and he told them to um, to spread all over the earth, to listen to him, right? And he told them that there, he was going to put a rainbow 
right? In the sky, and this is our Bible verse, Genesis 9.13, he said, I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth, right? So he put a rainbow to remind us of his promises, right, Ava? Yeah, very good, right? And God saved Noah, and guess what? There was a rescuer coming to save us. Who knows who that rescuer is? Jesus. Yes, Jesus, right? Exciting. Cool. All right, you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, ready? You're going to repeat after me, okay? Genesis 9.13. Good job. I have set my rainbow in the clouds. And it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the whole earth. Cool. Good job, guys. The children are getting stickers because God is reward of those who diligently seek him. Pastor Georgina, you think the kids can help me sing a happy birthday? Yes. Sure, it is Judah's birthday right there, right? So we're going to do, we got this special happy birthday sticker. Nice. All right, let's sing him happy birthday. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Happy birthday. That was excellent, guys. Okay, so before we pray, I need to tell you something exciting. Okay, any fourth and fifth graders here? Raise your hand if you're in fourth or fifth grade. So cool, guys. We get to go to a new room. We've opened up Jonah's room. Yeah, we have amazing volunteers that have volunteered their time to teach you guys. So if you don't know where Jonah's room is, I'm going to point to it. You can go through that stairway, okay, and up in that room, the second floor. That room next to the AV, and the AV room is the window right there. You see the window? There. So you, if you're in fourth and fifth grade, that's where you go, okay? Second and third grade is you stay in Moses' room, where we've been going, okay? All right, cool. So exciting. All right, let's bow our heads and pray. Ready? Father in heaven, we are so thankful, Lord God, that you love us so much, Lord God, that you sent Jesus to save us, Lord God, just like you sent the ark to save Noah and his family, God. And Lord, I just pray that the little ones will understand, Father, the depth of the love that you have for them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Go ahead. Go and have fun. It's nice to opening another classroom again today. We've been redoing all the classrooms, too. We've done the sanctuary, and now we're getting all the classrooms redone, and they look good. And nice to have children. And From where I sit and stand, uh, during, I can watch the kids come into this foyer. And there are some of the cutest kids, and they're all cute. But the, little, the really little ones are in there bouncing around, and, and they find each other, you know, about the same size and everything. They're not talking yet, but they're communicating. It's very cute stuff. Welcome to the vineyard. Very glad you're with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here as well. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that little code is for you. 
And uh, if you point your smart device at it with the camera on, don't take a picture of it, just point and a little uh, link will pop up on your device. And if you push that, it'll take you to our digital connect card. We would love for you to fill that out and ask for your name, your phone number, your email address. We will send you a couple of texts and a couple of emails over the next five or six weeks. And um, also, we have a gift for you. If you didn't get one on the way in, all first-time guests, we gifts, guests, we have a gift back in guest services. Get it on your way out. That would be great. And we're glad you're here. Also, uh, don't forget, we're doing this pray as you go, and pray and go, and as you go pray, and whatever I called it. Um, it's on the app, the directions. There's a little magnets out on the way out. And what we're asking you to do is to pray for your neighbors, the houses around you, not going up to their doors or bothering anything. Just pray for the people inside. Maybe leave this little magnet somewhere where they can find it. And uh, it just says we prayed for you. And we're into our second thousand of those. We're happy about that. But uh, with that in mind, just kind of think about your neighbors uh, and the people that live right around you. And let's pray for our community before we get started. Papa... We come before you today and we pray for our neighbors and our neighborhoods and our community. God, that that you would help us to love them well. We want to love our neighbors well. And so, God, we lift them all up to you and ask that you would move in their lives in wonderful ways, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are and for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Very cool. We are continuing on in a series we're doing called, are you talking to me? The series is based uh, out of something that uh, we read in John 6 uh, as we sort of introduced this uh, series. Um, Jesus has said some hard things. A bunch of people have left. The, the, he looks at the disciples, the 12, and he says, you guys going to go too? And Peter says, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I, I want to make sure you hear that when, we, when you read about eternal life. We're not talking about something off in the distance. It's about the power of life. Jesus brings the power of life with him and defeats the power of death when he comes. And those are the words that he's speaking to with, words that have the power of life. And so he is speaking to us. And that in this series where we, we, we came off of the last series talking about being people of hope and new creation people. And now in this series, it's like, so how do we live as those people in a fallen world on a broken planet? How do we live as, as new creation people in, in the messed up world that we're in? And the Apostle John gives us some great ideas on what that life looks like. And we... Um, we look back in, uh, and, and I love the, the Gospel of John because of the encounters Jesus has with people and that you can learn from those encounters. And so we, we saw, you know, back in the end of chapter 1, the guys asked him a question, uh, you know, and, uh, and we look at him, Jesus asked them a question, what do you want? And they don't have a very good response, but we looked at that and we said, what we're hoping to have, the way we're going to find life is that we get to a response when we're asked that question, well, God, I just want what you want, because that's where life is. Uh, and then we uh, look last week, and he's at the temple, and everything's a mess, and he has some things to say about it, and he says, you know, you're turning my father's house into a marketplace. And we talked about the importance of being focused on what really matters and, and uh, keeping our eyes on him and all those things. Well, this week we're going to be another neat encounter. This is in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. And uh, he says some cool things here that we need to get a hold of. So let's do the jokes and then we can press on. This is a spelling joke. I'm hoping that if I clarify it, it might work. 
Gravity is one of the most fundamental forces in the universe. But if you remove it, it becomes gravy. I know. I had some other jokes, but then I saw these classics yesterday, and I decided to go with these instead. So you may have heard them, but these are classics. Okay, so you know geese, how they fly in that V formation? Well, why is one side always longer? Because there's more geese on that side. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love that joke. Sorry. Why do scuba divers fall backwards out of a boat? Because if they fell forward, they'd still be in the boat. <laughs> that, they like it. If you didn't get it, see me later. Alice, please, bail me out again. Read the scripture. Let me get out of your There's way. no bailing you out of those, babe. All forward. Now I can never see, like, someone going in the ocean. I always think of that joke. Of that, yeah, I always think of it. Let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Lord, you're so, so good to us. And when you enter the room, Lord, the atmosphere changes and hope springs up in our chest and our worries and our burdens and our cares melt away. Lord, I pray today that as we continue to hear your voice, to dig deeper into your word, and to hear what you're saying to us, you would give us revelation, more of you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? As Steve said, this is the, the, the Jesus talking with the woman at the well, or the Samaritan woman, and it's John 4, chapter 4, 4 through 26. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. 
Our ancestors, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus said, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans will worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming, and when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Blessed be the word of God. You guys can be seated. My wife said to me last service after she read that, she said, unless you're Jesus, never start a conversation with woman. (laughs) Wisdom right there. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus does it a couple of times. A little different when he says it. So the the sort of focus about this is uh, at a time is coming and has now come, Jesus says, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And and I, I really want to talk about grace today and the importance of grace, how desperately we need grace how grace needs to be flowing through us and into the world around us, and that this is a great backdrop for that because what we're seeing here is this amazing grace that's taking place with Jesus and the woman at the well. So let me just give you a little sort of backstory in what's going on because the the Scripture says weird things like, you know, the Jews didn't associate with the Samaritans. Why is that? What's happening? And so let's let's sort of get a look. So the first thing you need to know is, is that the Samaritans... Jewish people didn't get along. The Samaritans were considered outcasts by the established religious community. They didn't like them. That it was worse than they didn't like them. By the time of Jesus, they hated them. This all started back hundreds of years before um, when the kingdom split into the northern and southern kingdom. So uh, you, you get to the end of Solomon and the next couple of kings don't. They, they come along and there's a big fight and there's a split in the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom, uh, the kingdom of Israel pretty much, that's the ten tribes. And the southern kingdom, that's, you know, Judah ends up in there. So um, that's where Jerusalem is. The northern kingdom has Samaria as its capital, and they set up false idols, and the split begins um, there. And they never get along. They fight for hundreds of years. And then around 500 B.C., the Assyrians rise up, and they um, take the northern kingdom Captive. They defeat them and they take them off into exile. Uh, they leave some of the people behind and the people that are left uh, of the northern kingdom, they sort of um, intermarry with the Assyrians that are there now. And that's where those people come from. And that's one of the reasons that they're hated by the Jewish people. They consider them half-breeds, and that's a big no-no, because the Old Testament said don't intermarry peoples around. Uh, and that's happened. So they've done that. Then, 
Uh, you move on another couple hundred years, and the southern kingdom is uh, taken captive uh, by Babylon. They're hauled off in exile. They're gone 70 years. When they come back and begin to rebuild the temple and the walls, their main opposition, one of the biggest uh, sticking points, is the Samaritans who are coming and trying to mess up the work. And so that doesn't help any long, you know, it doesn't help them in their whole journey together. And then the Samaritans, they think that they've got the right mountain and not the Jewish people. They also think, Samaritans, that they've got the only right copy of the Torah. Uh, and that they, so they're, they, obviously that doesn't make the Jewish people very happy. And they don't believe in any of the other writings uh, of the Old Testament, just in the Torah. And they think they've got the only right copy. So that furthers the disagreement. And so you have a number of things that have added up over time, to the point where at the time of Jesus, there's a hatred so intense that the Jewish people would rather cross the Jordan, which was far more difficult than actually going through Samaria to get anywhere, except for Jesus, because when we started that passage, it says now he had to go through Samaria. Why did he have to go through? Because he had a divine appointment set up with this woman at the well, because he's going to demonstrate Amazing grace in this encounter. So not only is she from an outcast sort of community, within that community she's also an outcast. Just kind of doubling down here. And and why would I say that? Well, uh, she's going to the well by herself at around noon. And we know historically that that's that the the women would go to the well kind of collectively earlier in the day. It wasn't a great job that they had to go and get water. Uh, and so they the way they made that a better job was they went together. It was a time they could socialize and talk and and they would go. And she wasn't included in that group. So you have a woman now who's a, a, a like a double outcast who's gone to the well by herself, which is kind of sad. And Jesus encounters her there. So that's kind of the setup. Let's dig into what's happening and start by talking about this amazing grace that I introduced you to. And it's just this display of God's love in this situation. Verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living Water. If you only knew the gift of God, living water, eternal life, grace, and that all you need to do is ask, and he will give it. And, and what Jesus is, is telling the Samaritan woman here is that, that God's dealings with humanity are all on the basis of grace. Our relationship with God, it's not about what we do, but it's about uh, on, based on what God is willing to do for us. And that's significant. Because when it's about us, it gets our performance all wrapped in there and it gets to be a mess really quickly. It's about his desire to be with us and to dwell with us. All the things that we've talked about, that's the heart of God. And so he extends to her, begins to extend to her and to um, relate to her with this amazing grace. And he displays it even further because um, Jesus is so great in that he doesn't label us. And, and we, we need to, like Jesus, put away the labels in our lives. Um, because Jesus relates to us based on the beauty of our potential. 
Now, you've heard me say that over the past, and, and yet I'm a big fan of that idea, in that Jesus has always related to me based on the beauty, on the, on the beauty of my potential, on the potential of what I could be in my life with him. And, and I am so glad about that, because all those years ago, when I didn't know him, now he knew me, but I didn't know him, and yet even then, even when I was far from him, he always, he began to relate to me based on my potential, not on the mess that I was. Because he could have easily written me off, because most people had. All right? And, and yet that's not how Jesus does it. He, he doesn't do that way. He doesn't treat people according to the labels that the culture tends to put on them. And, and so in their discussion, he says this. He says to her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Now, I just love that response because this is Jesus and, and he's, you, you, she'd just kind of been caught up in her mess, right? It's all laying there and, and Jesus has just said, right? And she goes, ooh, but you're a prophet. And I just kind of love the, the sort of interaction that's happening there and, and what that looks like. But, but what you need to see, and what I think is so important in this, is that Jesus could have at that point labeled her in all sorts of ways. I mean, you think about, you could read that story. You could label her now with all sorts of pretty not very nice labels about who she is and the life she's living and what's going on. And you know that she was an outcast and all those things. And... And yet, Jesus doesn't do that. What do we need to learn from that? Ah, I've had this thought, particularly over the last few weeks, but, but over this last season. It seems to me that, that we might be in a season when we're labeling people more than we ever have in any time that I remember. And that I'm seeing people label people all over the place. They're this or they're that or they're not this or they're not that. And, and there's all this labeling going on. And the problem is once you label someone, well, then it's much easier to dismiss them or discount them or even hate them. Because you've labeled them. And when you label them, it takes away their humanity. It makes them less than. You no longer see them as a, as a part of God's creation, as someone who... Who Jesus loves is someone that Jesus went to the cross and defeated uh, death and rose again. You don't see him that way. You just see him as someone who disagrees with you and you write them off completely. And that's what labels do. It's a very scary thing. And my concern is that the reason that it feels more intense to me than maybe it ever has, because, you know, at some level, people have always been labeling people, but it just seems to have picked up. And I have this thought that, that we can, we can sort of pin it to the COVID season that we've been in for the last year and a half. And and that one of the big sad things that happened as a result is that we seem to have lost the value of kindness in our lives with one another. I was thinking about this. If you read uh, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, uh, the kindness is number five on that list of the fruit of the Spirit. So it's a spirit thing. It's supposed to be happening in us. It's uh, right after patience, which is number four. If you read Paul's list about love in 1 Corinthians 13, it comes up number two on the list. 
and the right behind patience. Again, love is patient, love is kind. So there, it makes the list as being a fruit of the Spirit and being what love looks like. And I've been thinking that, it's fascinating that in both uh, instances, um, kindness follows patience. My thinking is that when our pa- and this could be true, when our patience begins to grow thin, it impacts our kindness. And we stop being kind. And yet, kindness is, is like the picture of grace to the world around us. Kindness is, is, is what God has shown us. Kindness is how we got here. It's the kindness of God. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance and change. It's His kindness that brought us in. And, and we certainly can't be the people who decide to stop being kind into the world around us. And this, this labeling comes out of, and this is the, the, I think, really sort of concerning part. When you tend to label people, and it comes from a place of pride. It's, it's how we do that. Because basically what we're, it's an attitude that says, I'm right and you're wrong. And, and so, I'm gonna label you and dismiss you. And, and, there's this verse that I've learned that I think about fairly often. Uh, and, and maybe I have to and you don't because of just the way my personality runs. But there's this verse in James 4, 6 that says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now that's a great verse if you're humble. <laughs> it is less great if you're proud or if you tend to run that way. And, and so uh, what I know is I need more grace. I don't want to get caught up in pride. I don't want to begin to just write off big groups of people to label people as, as, well, once I label you, then I can dismiss you. And I don't have to see you the way that God sees you any longer. Because our vocation is to partner with God to make a difference on the planet. And those differences come out of kindness. Kindness is what helps people to change. It's the kindness of God that moves into lives and changes things. And... And, and Jesus, I love it, he doesn't label her at all. And he's not saying that he agrees with the way that she's living. That's not it. He just offers the life of hope to her in the way that he relates to her. And he's kind. And it's kindness that changes things. And, and I would just say this, just a suggestion. If perhaps you've found that your patience has worn thin and you're not as kind as you once were, and maybe you've, you've slipped into that labeling a little bit, this is a great time because you, now you have a reason for why you did it to sort of catch your breath, go, ah, it's because of COVID, COVID, and repent, which means change and stop it, and be kind. Kindness is what makes a difference. See, it's, it's what he continues on with. I love it because you see the kindness of God here as he begins to talk to the woman at the well about worship. I'm fascinated by that. Now, she's tried to change the discussion about what mountains and everywhere. And Jesus begins to talk to her. He says, listen, a time is coming and has come now when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Why is he talking to this woman about worship? It just seems kind of a weird spot for it. Well, this, this woman, the woman at the well, and, and again, outcast among outcasts. 
it's sad. The picture is sad. You, you need to get. She's, she's gone to the well alone. I don't think she would, she would have rather had friends and been apart and do all those things and fit. And, and yet she doesn't. And yet Jesus reaches out to her. And, and when he says to her, listen, God wants people to worship. And he's talking to her. He wants you to be a worshiper. And, and what that does is he's putting into her the kindness of God is putting into this woman who's an outcast that she has worth and value. And that's what she needs. She needs the kindness of God restores worth and value to people. And, and we will never extend that to people if we've written them off because we think we're right and they're wrong. It's not how it works. We're going to be kind. They have worth and value to God. We have to treat them that way. Everybody has worth and value to God who's created them and who loves them and wants to be in relationship with them. And, and look what happens at the result of kindness. The result here. John uh, 4.25. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Now that's huge. Because he doesn't usually talk like that to people. Usually he's kind of said, you know, often he says, don't tell anybody what's happened here. Don't do those things. The disciples that are hanging out with him, they think he's a Messiah, but then they don't, then they do, and then they don't. His cousin, John, are you the one or not? What's going on? And yet here, extremely clearly, he says to this woman, I am he. Why? She needed to know that Messiah, the one who was going to come and explain your all, he says, I'm the one who's here, and trust me, God wants you as a worshiper because you have worth and value. And you don't need to be an outcast any longer. Come. Be a part of the family. And what she does next is so cool. Leaving her water jar. Why did you, why did you ever wonder why John wrote that? Nothing is by accident. She found something better than water. She found living water. And all of a sudden, everything was different. She even forgot why she'd gone in the first place. And she goes back to town and talks to the people. The people that that treated her as an outcast. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. (laughs) It's kind of an ironic thing. Because they're like, really? Could, Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way toward him. See, the women, this woman, she gets it. She leaves her water jar behind. She goes and she becomes this, this, she goes from town outcast to town evangelist. Many of the Samaritans, many from that town, from Sikar, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. It's a powerful story of what happens in the kindness of God. The kindness of God leads to change. The kindness of God changes people. The kindness of God not only changes women, changes whole town. And God cares about people, even those that we might consider outcasts. Remember when, when Jesus comes in Acts, he says, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come. You'll be my witnesses. Where does he send them? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. He never gives up on those people. And then to the ends of the earth. That's the heart of God for people. That needs to be our heart for people. Don't label people so that you can dismiss them or disregard them or demean them. Be people of kindness. Because that's where life is. And it just makes, it's just such a better place to, to, to love people than it is to be judgmental and messy and bleh. Kindness, let your kindness come back. Your patience will come back too. 
Because that's who God is, and that's a good thing. But that's enough for now. You've been extremely patient. Thank you very much. Alice, my love, why don't you come? Let's pray, and we'll dismiss. Papa, you're amazing. We love you so much. Your love, your love is amazing, God. You, your grace is amazing. And you continue to pour it out. And I would pray for all of us that uh, this morning we, we, would all, we could all just use a big cosmic do-over this morning, God. And that you would fill us once again with your grace and that your grace would flow through us into the world around us. And help us to be grace-filled people. Grace-filled. Help us to love like you love. Help us to be kind. Let all of the fruit of the Spirit be developed in us and moving through us into the world around us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Refresh and renew and restore us. Thank you that you love us and that you always see the beauty of our potential. Help us to see like you do. And we are grateful for who you are. Just have one verse that the Lord gave me to share with you all. And um, I feel like there's somebody and you've been, you've been going before the Lord saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do. And you're kind of spinning in that. And the Lord said, Matthew eleven twenty six. All he wants, he just said, come to me. Just come to me. Carve out some time to sit there and go to him and be still, and the rest will come. And Miss Alicia had a word during worship I'd like her to share with you all. Good morning. Um, I wrote some notes just in case I get nervous. (laughs) But um, during worship this morning, I heard the Lord say, I felt like I heard the Lord say, you need to have your mind changed about me. And... Um, you're, you look around and you see worship and you hear the word and you're skeptical and said with love, maybe a little bit stubborn, um, but that there's always a wrestling and a surrender, and that's part of it. And God wants you to change your mind about him. Thank you, Lisa. Amen. This amazing journey starts with Jesus, everyone. Knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior changes everything. It's how you move into his story, which is where life is. How do you do that? Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's your part. And if you've never done that, you've never prayed that simple prayer, do it right now. It is absolutely the best decision you will ever make in your life. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity. We love to partner with you. Thank you for your faithfulness, your giving, your offering, your tithing, all those amazing things we do. We are so, so thankful for you. Let's sing the doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you 
May be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Have a great day. These doors will be open before you head out this way. Have a great one. Goodbye, people online. We love you. We're grateful for you. Thanks for being a part. And uh, have a great rest of the day. I hope it's pleasant where you are. And uh, just let the kindness of God kind of flow to you and through you. Good message today, honey. Thank you very much. Jokes, not so much. The kindness of God. The kindness of God. Love y'all. Bye-bye.